You're listening to Cultivation Elevated, hosted by Michael Williamson, where we discuss vertical farming and the future of cannabis and food production. You'll be learning key insights for vertical farming success from leading industry operators, growers, and executives. If you're a grower or owner looking to optimize your existing or new indoor cultivation facility, or anyone looking to cultivate more in less space, we've got you covered. Cultivation Elevated, sponsored by Pip Particulture. Hello and welcome to another episode of Cultivation Elevated, sponsored by Pip Horticulture. I'm your host, Michael Williamson, and I'm here in Switzerland with Sia of Grow Motion. Thank you so much for being on this show today and accommodating us here last minute. Thank you very much. It's great to have you here. Uh, I hope you enjoy the time. I hope you like the facility and yeah. You know, when we go to a facility, we never quite know what we're gonna see. And so we're always optimistic but sometimes we're a little bit disappointed. And we came here hoping to see a nice Swiss grow. And we were very surprised at the quality of things that you're doing, the caliber of things. So we're, we're very impressed, which is awesome. Thank you very much. It was a long journey and it was a lot of work the last three years, but we tried to make a unique facility for people uh, which uh, visit us to feel comfortable. Yeah, we've done a great job. Tell me a little bit about that journey. It started three years ago. Absolutely. And how did, what was it? Someone called you, you called someone. Who had the first idea? I remember that day that a good, good friend of mine, uh, we knew each other for more than 10 years. And he gave me a call and tell me, see, I have that special idea and uh, I need you for that job. And I told him, what is it? Uh, he told me, I want to make a cannabis facility. I told him, why me? I have no experience with cannabis. Why are you calling me? You have a lot of friends. You have your own experience with cannabis. And you knew so many people. Why are you calling me? And he told me, uh, I have that vision, okay? And I need a partner on my side that he share that vision with me and he can make uh, that facility in the next few years with me. And we talk at the day for three or four hours and uh, we argue for different things, why it's a good idea or what is a bad idea. And I told him, let's make a few steps, okay? And we will see what happened in a few months, okay? And uh, the journey starts, you know? What were those steps? The, the first step was, what if we have a facility, what will be happen then? Because there are a lot of facilities in Switzerland, you know, it's a lot of great growers, a lot of great facilities, but what we can do different, okay, and where we are coming from and how we can use our experience with the next project that we are making. The first step was to find the right uh, people who you're working with, the right engineers, the right uh, people who can construct that facility and planning this, that facility with us. And the problem is in the cannabis industry in Europe, it's a very, very new industry. Mm -hmm. uh, you're talking uh, to 10 people, okay, and 10 people are the best expert in engineering in cannabis, okay? Everyone in Europe is an expert for cannabis, you know, but if you go into the details, into the planning, then you knew that their experience are a little bit more than you have 
okay, but they are not the right people to build that unique facility, okay? We have some special ideas and the people who already built facilities before, they want to do the same again and again. Copy it, pass it, copy it, pass it. But we want to have something different. And uh, we find some engineering team from Holland, some from Switzerland. And uh, the next step was to find the perfect place where we can build that. We find that facility around about 6,000 square meter in the middle of Solothurn in Switzerland. I think the infrastructure is here very great. We are middle of Switzerland. France is one hour away. Germany is one hour away. Zurich is one hour away. And that's a great, great benefit that we have here. And we started, we rent that facility for the next 20 years. Okay. Well, wow. and uh, we say we're going all in. Okay. With all the money we have, with all the time that we have to spend two years, one year for planning and one year to build that construction, to build that indoor um, facility. And after two years uh, or two and a half years, we start the first growth. Pretty quick, actually. It's interesting how people will try and rush through the construction process or rush through the engineering process or design process. And they typically have a lot of challenges later on. So it it does make sense to take a little more time up front so that you have a better execution in the end. Absolutely. Um, of course, you can build a facility or a, um, easy facility for a few months, okay, if you have the right person. But each problem that you're not fixing before or you're not constructing great before planning, before a uh, few years later, you get much more issues with that you know we take our time more than one year because we want to stay with that facility for the next 20 years mm -hmm. okay and we take a lot of time if we by choosing the rack by choosing the pipe system by choosing the air conditioning by choosing the whole ventilation system you know we plan it step by step every detail before we start building one thing who are you watching for inspiration, like locally um, or within Europe, but also within the States? Like, where did you find like, hey, that's really interesting. I would like to do something like that. We don't. Uh, so building the facility, we don't watch to any other companies, to be honest. Uh, we see a lot of companies. We see a lot of indoor facilities, but we had our own vision to make it by ourselves to make something different. Um, but our goal is in the future to go in German-speaking language countries like Germany, Switzerland, Austria, uh, to go a brand there. Mm -hmm. Coming, uh, we, we both coming from closing, okay? We produce for a lot of German artists, for a lot of German YouTuber closing. And... I think the next few years will be a big, big uh, journey in Germany. Wheat, cannabis will legalized, okay? And we want to be with our brand the first there. We see that in America. We see that in Canada. We see the Jungle Boys. We see the cookies. They make a great job. 
Okay, and we think with Grow Motion we can do a similar thing for the European market because we have the context, we have the experience already with that, and this is, will be the next step. If Germany is coming, we will be ready for that. Let's talk a little bit about your experience prior to this, because when you got that first phone call, you're like, why are you calling me? I don't have any experience in cannabis, but you clearly have experience as an entrepreneur and as someone who knows how to execute and see things all the way through. Yes. Um, when I was younger, I start to do my business. I finished the school and uh, my mother is a doctor, my father also, and their wish will be that I go to university. But uh, after the school, I was sure I'm not kind of guy to sitting in an office, okay, and uh, be a doctor or an engineer. I want to do my own business, okay? And uh, when I was 21, I rent a shop. I was my, make my own first own bakery, okay? okay. I want to make my own business, okay? And uh, with uh, 26, I built my own uh, clothing brand. A few years later, I start to produce clothing for another people or for another company, supplement companies, rap artists or uh, different influencers. And my partner, my current partner, know that I'm kind of guy, if I start a project and I will never stop anytime I will finish it, okay? I will not call him in between and oh, no, I'll give up. It's too difficult. I cannot make it. And he knew that. He knew that exactly that uh, if we put our power together, we will build that facility. Amazing. When you're designing a brand, whether it's for clothing what, what, what you have, what's nice about the brands that you've done is they seem to be around this, uh, similar cultures, kind of counterculture, right? If it's like rap music, you know, cannabis is like a counterculture. It has its own culture. And those two things marry together really nice. When you're considering creating this brand and any brand, what do you think is like really important components of creating a brand from scratch? Like, what do you look for? I think everyone can build a brand. Okay. But it's important how you tell it to the people, okay? It's important to find the right community, okay? To build a community, to give them the best quality. And you cannot build a brand and a lot of brands going high at a top level, but after two or three months, they're going to forget, okay? And to make a brand or to find the best way to go to the top and be the best or to present your brand will be you have to find the best quality, you have to build a great community and to have the right partners. I hope it was answer of your question. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure. yeah. No, yeah, it is. You know. Well, and it's never like one thing, right? It's never like exactly. one simple thing. Oh, you just do this and you'll be successful. It's always a, a combination of multiple things coming together with the right timing usually. Absolutely. Talk to me about how you guys came up with the name Grow Motion. At the day that he called me, we talk about the name. And a few weeks later, what is the brand? Okay, what will be the brand in long term? If we go with a German artist, if we promote them with German artists, we, we don't only want to sell some clothing or some cannabis. It's more than that. It's more than that. And we want to get a community. That's why we choose that 
brand or we name the brand Grow Motion that we say we grow, we are community and we grow together. We are motion together, you know, it's mm. hip hop. We work a lot of hip hop artists and uh, hip hop is, is also a community thing. You know, we think that we can make our brand in that genre and we can place our brand in that hip hop because hip hop and cannabis belong also together. Nice. What is something that you wish that you would have known before you got started? Yeah. The cannabis business in Europe is a very, very difficult. Okay. If I knew that before, I will think twice if I do that business again or not. I love my job. Okay. I come in every day with a smile in the facility. I like my team. But the big problem that we have in the, in the current European market is the law. Okay. You don't have exactly laws how to work with cannabis. Okay. It's changed week by week. The politics change their mind every month. Okay. This is the big problem. And for people like us who are all in in that business and build facility, high level facilities like that, we invest a lot of money. But if we invest it and we don't know what happened in a few years, okay, this is our big problem. And this is the challenge to survive for the next few years till the law, till the politic in Germany, Switzerland, and Austria find a solution. It's expensive to play the game that you're playing right now because you have to wait and be so patient. And can you talk a little bit about the crop that you're growing? Because though it looks like cannabis, it's not the THC type. It is a CBD rich currently. Can you talk a little bit about the, the market and the laws around potency and, and who's allowed to buy it and kind of... Um, in Switzerland, it's allowed to produce CBD with less than 1% THC. That's okay. You can do that. Everything over 1% is not allowed. And uh, we try to be the first in Switzerland who get the permission to produce THC for medical. And the whole law in German-speaking countries like Germany and Austria, it's yeah, also CBD now is not allowed. It's only a, allowed to sell cannabis low than 0.2%. That means nothing. Sure. Okay. This is the big challenge to make a brand in Germany, okay, with less than 0.2%. This makes no sense. Okay. But we try our best to build that community to represent our brand. And in the long term, when it's legalized, we we will be the first or the popular brand. And when you have a low THC requirement like that, what, what's important about the plant? And I know Ben's not here and um, your new grower just started, but I would imagine like terpenes are really important and like that taste, that experience that you're, you're having. But do terpenes play an important role in the CBD game here? I think the CBD game, the most important thing is the terpene. Okay. The terpene and then how the structure of the butts are okay because there are a lot of facilities or underground facilities who have a big big problems issues with terpenes they have no leds they have no uh, 
CO2. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have no cooling system. And the difference between us and other underground facilities, we have a higher level setup here and we can produce a higher level CBD, take our experience for the next one, two, maybe six months, I don't know, experience with CBD. And if we switched off to THC, then we had a lot of experience with CBD and we can make a perfect THC product Mm. for medical or for how are people using CBD in, in Switzerland? So is it, um, can anybody buy it? Is there an age restriction or? Yeah, in Switzerland, uh, everyone up than 18 years mm-hmm. can buy it. Um, you can buy it in any shop, very easy. Mm-hmm. Okay. And uh, you can buy CBD from different companies. It's not a big problem to get it. And it's also okay if you smoke it on a street. But a lot of people do use it very different. It depends on age and it, it depends on, for example, if you have older people, they like to smoke just CBD, okay? Uh, the younger people uh, who consume THC, they mix it with the CBD, mm-hmm. okay? It's great that the CBD is legalized here in Switzerland because the big problem that we have in Germany, because I grew up in Germany, now I live for three or four years here, the problem is that we have in Germany, if you buy cannabis, you don't know how they grow it. They don't know what's sprayed on it. They don't know how they come, okay? Who sell it to you? You know, the big thing in Switzerland is if you're going to a shop and buy a CBD, you can be 90, 95% sure that they're clean. Nice. So people are buying some bulk as well. There's no limit as yeah. well. Like sometimes in certain places we go, you can only buy so much of it a day, maybe 10 grams or 28 grams or something like that. There's no limit. If we're talking about CBD, there is no limit. You can go buy one kilo, 10 kilo. It's the people that are buying bulk, are they typically like doing it for extraction? If we're talking like if people coming and buy bulk, okay, they will never use our flowers for extraction, okay? Because we have a very, very high quality, okay? Uh, Cannabis, and if you use that cannabis for making oils or creams or something like that, it's it's not made for that. It's just for smoking. But This is is smokable flower. It's smokable flower, exactly. You have an indoor facility like that. It's just for premium smokers, okay? But a lot of, uh, there are a lot of outdoor or a lot of uh, like, uh, a lot of uh, facilities who made only bulk or cannabis for making extraction oils and something mm-hmm. like that. But we will never sell our cannabis for uh, oil. It makes no sense. Let's talk a little bit about the genetics that you started with. So you're on your third harvest or batch um, coming up in another what week? We came at a good time, right? Yes, you came. At- and this one is called plutonium. Can you tell me a little bit about the relationship you have with the breeder and the story behind plutonium and why it's unique and special? We start our first grow with a simple genetic to make our experience. After the second harvest, uh, we talk to a breeder. He is sitting also in Zurich and is a very, very talented guy. I talk to him and tell him, 
we want to go to the German market. We want to go with special artists. We have exclusive deals with special German rap stars. What we can do, how we can go together, you as a talented guy, okay? And we with our facility to produce a special genetic uh, for our artists. And uh, he, tell me, he told me, come over, let me show you something. And he introduced me that plutonium and he promised me, okay, if you produce it and I produce it, it will be limit, limited, okay? That we can produce it by ourselves. We don't uh, spread it to the whole market. And uh, we, first of all, we had a small area. We tested mm -hmm. for one round. Mm -hmm. We checked the quality. We like it. We introduce it to the rap star, to the rap artist. He also like it. And we say, okay, let's do that. Okay. And he give us that exclusive for us. Nice. It makes you different. That's it. You have to be different if you want to uh, play that game for long term. Yeah. It's a problem when everybody grows the same stuff because the only way that you can compete is quality, but usually it's price. And then it's just a price war to the bottom and you get beat up. Absolutely. This is the big problem that a lot of Switzerland growing companies have. They start with a genetic and uh, if they ch not change it or they not check the market, what's happening after a few harvests, they, they closed, you know, they cannot survive. Do you talk to the people that sell at the different shops for you? Do you get feedback from them about what customers are saying or any of that stuff to help you make decisions here? Or how does that work? Mm, it's very different. Uh, some people, a lot of people in Switzerland we are, who are coming from uh, who are making that business or buying that stuff, they are coming from black market. Okay, and the black market in the past was like that. You buy a something and you don't give a feedback. Okay. Sure. Okay. That's why all people who switch from the black market to now the official market have to learn that we as grower need that feedback. Okay. That's why there was, there was very confused when uh, after one week he buy 50 kilos and I could give him call. Uh, you liked it? How was it? I say, yeah, yeah, it was okay. Like, give me a feedback. You want another genetic? Let's talk together. I talk to the shops and say, hey, long term, we want to work long term together. Give me just some feedback. They have to learn it that the cannabis business or the growers need the feedback from the markets to work and for many years. Yeah. Otherwise, you could grow the wrong thing. And then if it doesn't sell, Absolutely. you got a big problem, right? So you are responsible for creating this team, this brand and this team. When you're creating a team, especially for something as unique as this, what kind of things are going through your head? Like, okay, I need to build a team. I need this kind of person and maybe a person like this. Like, walk me through what you were thinking when you said, all right, I got to build the ultimate team. We are very small. We are just five people, about five workers, and we need the sixth one. The problem is if you have a small team, you have to build a family. Okay, you have to build a small family. You don't need a worker that start at eight o'clock and go home at four o'clock and four o'clock is throw his stuff away and go. And you don't need people like mm -hmm. that. You need a small family that believe in that project, who believe what we want to do in the next few years. And 
before we start the production, it's very difficult to find people who are who have experience with growing. And if you have a facility like that, so big like that, you need people who live for that plant, okay? Who love that plant. You cannot take a, uh, someone who have experience for one year and uh, I have to teach him how it works. You know, you need mm-hmm. people who have experience more than 10 years. And uh, my partner gave me a number of a guy who named Ben. I told him, just give him a call. And he grow for many years in a black market in Spain. And ask him and convince him to come from Spain to uh, Switzerland and be part of a team. I tried to call him many times and he don't answer my phone. Phone was off. After I find out that he's in prison, you know, he was in a black market, he was arrested and he had his past. And after a few months with some connection, I told him, what are you doing currently? What you want to go? You want to still work in the black market and go to prison once again? Or you want to have a fixed job? Do what you love. Okay. And if you eat at the evening, coming uh, home to your son, to your family, that you have to be sure that you will not be arrested. Okay. And his answer was, I grow for more than 10 years, 15 years. I can do nothing else. Okay. It's my passion. And I invite him to Switzerland. He see the facility and he don't go back. Stay <laughs> the same day here. I book for a rent for him in a hotel for a few weeks and he stay here and build the last few months the facility with us. Nice. Till we started. It's amazing. It's, it, it's interesting when you engage with cannabis, it is very hard to leave cannabis for these growers who have a lot of experience. It's everything else seems a little bit more boring or not as exciting. Or they just, yeah, you kind of get negative on yourself. You're like, well, I'm so specialist in this area. I don't know how I can contribute to something else. Absolutely. And so it's, it's, it's difficult. I know lots of people who've been in the industry for a long time and then they try and leave. They're like, some, they have, it's enough's enough or they've made some money or whatever it is. And they go to leave and they only leave for a few months. They, they come back. They come right back and they're ready to play and they're excited. They just needed a little break sometimes. Yeah. The problem that the facilities uh, who make indoor growing, they think they have to build a team with growers. Okay. I've been in a lot of facilities. They have six, seven, eight growers. I see it's a big, big mistake. You need two great growers. Okay. Which work together. Also important to have the technical guy. Okay, it's also important to have people who are not grower. Okay, because if you have a lot of growers who think different, the result will be never, never <laughs> great. Okay, that's why we have uh, Ben as a head grower. Also, last week start a second grower who also uh, growed in uh, in uh, Spain and California. I think he will be a great uh, partner for Ben in the long term that can, they can manage the facility. The rest of the team are classic workers or 
talented technical guy because in that facility you see our technical room you see all the technical stuff that we have here and uh, you need talented technical guy if you want to manage yeah. a system like that in the states we refer to the technical people usually as facilities and i personally think that the facilities supervisor manager whatever you want to call it is one of the most important people on the team they're the one that come at two o'clock in the morning um you know when something is broken and they get they're the first ones on the phone they they're like the unsung heroes of the farm you know so some facilities have a lot of growers and that can be a big problem you said you saw a facility that had six or eight growers yeah it's hard to make decisions with that many opinions and personalities but you've now brought on your second grower and and the goal is to have those two be um synced up but also different with skills uh, and be collaborative in nature and that way if someone needs to do something with family you always have a grower you're never without a grower because people need to have a balance with uh, life and the garden so let's talk a little bit more about the garden something that you did here that's very unique and i commend you because it takes um a lot of courage um you said okay i see multi tier i see everybody doing two tiers we're going to do three tiers talk to me about kind of how that idea came to be why three layers yeah the reason the first reason was we live in switzerland and the rent for this facility is very very expensive and that's why we want to get the maximum of this facility that's why we make the decision to work on three layers we have this facility have the perfect height to build that three layers and the second thing is we have that great showroom okay we invite a lot of people here from university from medical people people who visit us from different countries of the world and if they are here and that the facility if you're working on three layers there's a big wow effect sure you know and uh, the people come in that room they don't expect to see something amazing great looking like that that's why when we stay here and break down the wall we say we have to do that on three layers of course it's much more work okay you need a bigger team to handle that but of course you can put in one room more plants if you work on three layers yeah that makes sense and you know when you're in an expensive area and your rent is expensive you have to figure out how to survive we we see right now in like san francisco and in the bay area of california also very expensive a lot of people didn't scale up high enough and they didn't get their operations lean enough or low enough cost of labor and so they're having a lot of struggles right now um and we see a big conversion happening with people in california who are transitioning from single tier uh maybe hps or led lighting to a to a two tier system just to survive because there's no more real estate for Absolutely. them they can't expand horizontally so they only have one choice and it's typically to go up if they have the space but it's a lot more difficult to transition a room with single tier to double tier than to start from scratch absolutely when we make that decision and uh, we had no other experience in europe we i think we are the only one on three layers it was a big risk but we trust in our vision okay and in our setup that we can manage yeah one of the things that i think you know and anders is who's with us on this tour we've been in other three tiered grows in the united states 
But we do see that there's a little bit of a difference on the top tier, where here your top tier is pretty much the same as your middle tier and your bottom tier, with very little fluctuation, if any, that I can notice. I'm sure there's some stuff that you notice, but... No, the, the, the plant on a third layer is similar like the first layer, okay? The setup is... When we start to choose our setup, if we start to work with different companies, we try to get the best which we get on the market. We never work with a cheap uh, quality material because we only planning long term and we want to have the best results. You know, that's why with the setup, all each uh, type of setup that we use technical stuff we try to make it as best as possible that we have each grow similar like the next one mm -hmm. what was one of the biggest challenges you saw with the the vertical farming on the three layers uh, the biggest challenge is to find the best workflow with a small team okay this is the biggest challenge if you work on one layer you are much faster Okay, if you have not a perfect system, how to do the workflows, that is okay. But if you're working on three layers or two layers, you have to plan everything step by step. The planning is the most important thing. If you start, for example, harvesting, soaking or uh, defluation or anything with a plant, you have to have a system on three layers. If you don't have a system, you will never get finished. We're talking about three layers, 3,000 plants per room, okay? And if you want to treat them one by one, okay, you have to, a system for your team. If you don't have it, you're going to lose. Yeah, I agree. You guys are utilizing the Elevate platform system for access. You've had it since day one, or you were using something else previously? No, we have it from day one. And uh, this is, I think, the most important thing in this facility. If we don't have it, we need for every single step, we need double time. Okay, this... That's a lot of labor. Yeah, absolutely, you know. And that's why to have the platforms is a big, big benefit, you know. You can put the platform on it, you can work with 10 people at the same time, okay? If you have an elevator, you're going up, down, you can only work with one people, two people, you will never be finished. It's not possible, you know? With that platforms, you need around about seven minutes, maximum 10 minutes with three people to have it perfect. It's very safety. You can walk on it. You can spend many hours on it and you can work that's great. Yeah. You know? Safety was obviously the most important component of what we do. And when you start to go up and you get excited, you're like, oh, we can do this. You know, our in-house engineering team is like, we have to make this as safe as possible. So it took us a little bit of time to figure out something because you can make something that's safe, but you also have to make something that's actually practical, you know, and, and you can set it up quickly. It can't be this big elaborate thing. Um, and so there was a lot of energy and time that went into designing and planning the Elevate platform system. The growers that we have in the States that um, were using like lifts and ladders and scaffolding previously because we didn't have a solution. Um, when we brought out the solution, when I do interviews with them, they refer to it as a game changer. Absolutely. It's just an absolute game changer, which, you know, for us is good because 
ultimately at PIP, we're just trying to produce useful tools for growers, make your life easier, make it safer. Um, and we're staying on that quest. That's really important to PIP. I think we don't have this platform. It's impossible to uh, work on seniors. You know, it's the, first of all, safety, but you have a lot of process. You have to make the same process you do at the first layer. You have to do that on the third layer and you need time. If you're using any elevators, if you have not, not the opportunity to put seven or eight people on a third layer, then you're losing a lot of time. You know, the platform is the best solution that we have on three layers. Yeah, it's incredible how much it changes everything about safety. And like if, when you're going up to a second or even a third level, especially a third level, you have to think about every little part and piece of equipment you're going to need. You don't want to be going up and down, up and down. It's such so inefficient. So, you know, like you said, it's really pinpointing all the little details, all the steps. What tools do I need? How long should it take? When should I start? When do I need to end? When do I monitor my pace? And if someone is becoming slow, do, is there someone I can call to come help me so that I can get this done today? There's a lot that goes into planning. And it's clear that you guys really value the planning process. Um, and it shows in the execution. Usually when we see sloppy execution or poor execution, it translates very directly to poor planning. And they're constantly putting out fires. You know, it's like the fingers in the in the dike, you know, and all of a sudden they run out of fingers and it all comes crashing back. What's something that gets you really excited every day to come in? It's, you know, you're on year three, right? Uh, we have plan. Yeah, the first year was the planning. The second year built the facility. And now in few months, we are one year old. I think to come here and work here, uh, it's the team, you know, I have a very, very great team. Um, the big problem that I had for the last 15 years when I make my business to find the right team, I had a never a hundred percent team. You have every time people, employer, worker that are not on point. Okay. And it was that team, was that small Avengers team that I have here. Uh, they are great. They are great we not only a family they work by ourselves i don't need to tell them yeah guys we have a lot of to do we stay today three hours more two hours more they are the first one telling me hey we stay today a little bit longer we have to finish that job you nice. know this is what give me the power to come every day here and give 100 percent. that's awesome it's amazing when the teams work together. One of the things that happens um, early on in startup is you have small team and so you have this community or family. And then as you grow your business, your team gets larger and larger. And that seems to be where people start to struggle because you bring on phase two, phase three, and all of a sudden you go from five employees to 30 employees or 40 employees or 50. And it's hard sometimes to keep that culture and that like Absolutely. level of respect. Um, and it's usually where we see when I do these interviews with growers specifically, when I ask them what their greatest challenges are, I'm always surprised, not so much more these days, but in the beginning, they would always say, managing people. Some of the best growers in the world, they don't really like people. You know, <laughs> like if you go back to the black market, they usually grew cannabis by themselves. Absolutely. Maybe they had one partner, but they didn't work in a team setting like this. And so sometimes when they transition over to this market, the license, legal market, it's a challenge to work with others and communicate with others. I think this is the most important thing to communicate. You know, uh, this is 
one of the part of my job, I love that, you know, to build teams, okay, to build teams in long term. I know, of course, if we have more rooms, more plans, we need a bigger team. Uh, and if we are more than 20, 30, it's never been similar like that. We will never be 30 people, we'll never be same family like five people sure. or six people. I know that. That's why I enjoy the time now with that smaller group. And I know, I know it doesn't matter what happens. They uh, stay by my side. Yeah, that's awesome. So when we were going through your website, we noticed that you have a, like a unique program that allows people to rent a plant. Yes, we uh, have. Yeah, tell me about that. Okay, we have a, a limited uh numbers of plants that we gave the opportunity to a small community to buy a plant okay if they buy a plant they have also a place here okay and we treat the their flowers here okay that's their flowers but we treat them for them mm -hmm. and after each harvest we send them 50 percent of the cannabis to them. Yeah. The other 50%, we will keep it for us to fix our cost. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, these plans are very limited. Okay. We do that for that small community. Okay. And uh, people can choose if they're not interested in the flowers after they harvest, if they can change it in closing, they can change it in. Uh oils on a website you know it's mm -hmm. up to them it's like a, a credit it's like a credit yeah it's like a credit you know yeah. or you can say i want a flower i'm a smoker i want each three months my own flowers to have it at home for free you buy it just one time and you can every three months get your are they are they allowed to come here yes we have every saturday okay the give the option to everyone we have plant or not plant it doesn't matter have the opportunity to visit us okay we have that room here they come they drink coffee they can chill with the team and uh, enjoy the time we have nice. that every saturday that's why i told you this is very important to build a community for us you know that's why we have the opportunity we are very transparent that's why they have the opportunity saturday come over check the facility you're welcome that's awesome and is, do you find that there's a very vocal community here or is it pretty secretive, like um, publicly? Like, um, are they so thankful to be able to come here and meet other people that have, are buying plants and to share their experience or? Um, they come, the most of them come here to see an indoor facility that is different from other, okay? They come to see our growers. Our growers are very, uh, we present them very on Instagram, on TikTok, and there are community, are small fans of Benny, Alex, Julius, of these different characters. Uh -huh. You know, they come, 50% of them coming to see the facility because it's a unique option to see the facility from inside and make some questions. And the other 50% come to, our growers on talk to them how to do that how to do that some of them have a small tent at home and they have home grow and ask Benny how can I do that I have that problem how can I fix it sure. okay. wow it's amazing yeah it's very unique I mean where did you come up with this idea like 
This idea was from the first day. We say, if we do that, we want to do that as transparent as possible. Okay. The people have the opportunity to come here. And that idea was before we find that facility. That was the idea. If we make a brand, it has to be open for anyone. Hmm. Fascinating. I've never heard of anything like that. You guys do a lot of things that nobody else does. Thank you. That's impressive. Yeah. And that's part of the mission. Yeah. It was one year planning. The planning is the most important thing. It's similar. If you work on studio layers, the planning is the most important thing. The one year that we use for planning the facility, the whole system, everything with the team, it's the most important. Who is like the leader in Europe from uh, whether it's from a black market or traditional market? Is it Spain? Is it Holland? Who, who, when you think about like where are the world's best growers in Europe? I would say the best growers at the moment coming from Switzerland because they have a lot of experience from the CBD market. You have great breeders, you have great growers. The problem is with Holland with a lot of under, um, other companies, they don't give a lot of attention of quality. Okay, we see a big, big cannabis uh, business coming now from Macedonia. But if you visit the facilities, you see the quality is not similar like Switzerland. Okay, Switzerland stay for quality and the people or the mentality that we have in Switzerland is based every time on quality. Of course, Switzerland is more expensive than other companies, but the quality is the quality that Switzerland have for the last 200 years. Spain is also a very, very interesting market. A lot of people who start growing on professional level start in Spain. Um, but currently, I would say the Switzerland market, they have a lot of experience at the last eight Incredible. In, in Switzerland, you used to be able to buy cannabis a long time ago, and then it stopped, right? You could buy THC, because I remember, like I was telling Absolutely. you, I was a kid. I was in high school. We came here on a trip and walked by a store. My buddy was like, those are live plants. And he's like, kind of walked in the store and couldn't communicate real well. But like, we were like, can we buy these plants? And they pulled out. I had a whole menu, and we got some flour, and it was beautiful, and it was strong. But it wasn't really talked about. You know, everyone at that time was like, oh, you got to Amsterdam or you got to go to Holland. Um, so that was like a surprise to me that Switzerland had this. To me, it was like a secret, but I, everything in Europe was secretive to me as an American traveler. So it was such a nice surprise. I was like, oh, the Swiss, like they they love they love cannabis Absolutely. and have a rich history with cannabis. Yeah, a lot of younger people who come to Switzerland or visit Switzerland, they never knew that not long time ago it was legal here. So what happened exactly? I don't know what's happened, uh, but I'm sure it will come back. Yeah. Okay. In few years, Switzerland uh, will legalize it, but I hope and I'm sure Switzerland will legalize it in a better way than uh, Holland do it. Okay. Because the problem that we have in uh, Holland is a there are not any rules, you know. It's not a black market. It's not a legal market. It's something. It doesn't seem like it's grown a whole lot since I was a kid. I came through here to Holland 20 years ago, and it 
some of the rules have changed a little bit. It seems like it's gotten stricter a little bit, but yeah, the industry hasn't seemingly grown significantly, which I think is strange because they were like the leader for a long time. Absolutely. And then I don't know what happened. It just kind of plateaued. It's the politic problem. Okay. When the politician have no, uh, a roadmap. Okay. Mm. That's the big problem. You know, that's why. Yeah. I know a lot of people from, uh, Holland, Netherlands, they buy their cannabis illegal to sell it legal. Oh, yeah. That makes no sense. You know, it's a big problem in the States too. Absolutely. Absolutely. New York is like that right now. It's all California, but. I hope if Switzerland or Germany will legalize it one day, that they will do it. So tell me a little bit about your, what's the future hold for you? I mean, you, you plan to expand when it makes financial sense. You have the room to do it. You have the power to do it. We start the journey. You see that facility, we have 6,000 square meter. We only using thousand. Okay. And uh, of course, we can start uh, to make one more room, one more room, and one more room. But I think it's too early for that, okay? Our team have to make the experience with that 6,000 plants, with that two rooms. They have to make the experience with their mother room, with their clone room. After one or two years to make that experience that we can go to the next step and build more rooms. Because... There are a lot of companies in Switzerland, they grew up very, very fast. If you're growing very, very fast, the quality of what you are producing getting lower and lower and lower because it's very difficult to manage it. As big as you are, as, dif- as, as more difficult is it to manage. Yeah. For the next few years, we will like to produce one of the best quality CBD. Maybe we have the opportunity to be one of the First, who produced medical for the Switzerland or for the Germans or for Austria um, cannabis, okay, for the medical cannabis. This is our goal for the next few years. This is one part of promotion. The second part will be the branding, okay, that we get a brand in Germany that everyone knows for good quality, that everyone knows this is a Swiss made top quality you know this is the two goals we have one of the medical part and one for the branding it's nice to hear that you want to be first and you also want to be the best because i find that historically bigger companies they want to be first but like quality is not at the at the front of what they do it's a it's an afterthought um and being first is is challenging to be early because you have to wait for everybody else a little bit but there's also advantages by being early because you can establish a market share you can be that premium brand if they have no other choice it at least makes them aware of you how many people are cultivating in switzerland uh, like legally i'm not sure but it's a lot it's more than we think okay it's a lot i have no numbers is it more than 100 definitely oh okay definitely it's more than 100 but in the last two years the market crashed Okay, and a lot of facility closed. Yep. A lot of facility closed. We got the COVID problem. Okay, we had the, all the supply chain broke down and uh, the prices, the CBD prices crashed down. And a lot of suppliers who not planning long term, they closed. Okay. 
and I'm sure definitely more than 100, but uh, you have not more than 10 facilities on that level who can produce a high level medical quality, you know, because of course you can make a area where we can grow some um, CBD or in a future THC, but you will never get a medical license. Okay. And there are only few facilities. We are one of them to build it as clean as possible. Okay. With all the SOPs to guarantee same quality for a long time. Have you had officials in here from Switzerland or local officials or politicians or anybody from, have they come to see this, something like this? Uh, unfortunately not. It's a long process, you know. Uh, we had some um, from Swiss Medic here. We had some from Zurich University here. We have some doctors here. But unfortunately, it's uh, very difficult to get politish people here. Okay. Um, it's an image thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. In Switzerland, it's also legal. But if you want to have a bank account for your company, Mm. Okay, do not get one. Okay, I asked for six different banks. Okay, we're talking about the bigger banks, not the smaller. Of them six, only one of them give me for cannabis an account. Similar thing we have with the politic. Okay, you can talk with 10, 20 different people. If you, if he is a good friend or you know someone, someone who knows someone, he will come over. But it's very difficult. Very mm. difficult. It's interesting that they don't want to learn from you guys. Like if, if I was in their position, I would want to go to the best facilities because I would want to experience it and understand it more. If you're, especially if you're trying to write laws or um, lobby for or against something, I would want to understand it. It's interesting that they don't come check it out. I don't know why. I don't know why they don't do it. Maybe it's too early. Maybe it have other reasons. I don't know. Sure. Okay, but we try our best to have the best quality and to find a way to switch in the next few months, few years to medical kids. It's hard to be that patient, you know? You're like, oh, it could be a few months, it could be a few years. There, there, is, there is no a book where you can read. You have to first to do that, then that, then that. You have all checks, then you can make THC. The European market far away from uh, yeah, to have exact rules how you have to do it to get a confirmation for THC. Yeah, well, we are here to support you. We're excited to support you. We're Thank grateful you. to be a part of your journey. And um, yeah, we're, we're, I mean, to say it again, we're really impressed. It's, Thank you, appreciate you know, it. A lot of people can grow cannabis, but a lot of people can't grow cannabis well. And you start to add in these other equations like you have with triple stack, and it's not an easy execution. Uh, you see that facility, you see that 6,000 square meter. Of course, it's not a big uh, challenge to build one more rooms. And next room, you see we have the pips here. We have the LEDs here already. We have everything here ready. Okay, to make the next room, it takes a few months because the planning is already done. The confirmation is already there, but I'm sure it's too early. Okay, it's too early. Let's let's do it step by step, but do it correct.
That's amazing. I wish more people would think the way that you think. Thank you. Well, congratulations. I Thank really you appreciate this time together. Um, yeah, absolutely blown away and excited to be here and enjoy this culture. And, you know, when I think of Switzerland, I think of like precision and engineering and high quality. And so, you know, you, you are living it right now. Hopefully everybody around you in your community is very proud of what you guys are building here. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Well, next podcast, you can do it in the States. Of course. All of right. Course. And we'll bring Ben. Thanks for listening to Cultivation Elevated. Full show notes for each episode, which includes a summary, key takeaways, quotes, and any resources mentioned are available at pithorticulture.com forward slash podcast. Be sure to follow and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you're enjoying the content and getting value from these episodes, please leave us a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash cultivation elevated. We'll be sure to read these out on future episodes.